It's a mailbag Monday, and we're talking fake trades, life after Grant Williams, life after Marcus Smart, and Summer League. It's all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, and I'm here for you every Monday through Friday with a free, fresh podcast drop directly to your device. If you are subscribed, so open up your favorite podcasting app, click subscribe if you're a new listener, and you'll get these shows dropped directly to your device. If you're a regular every day, or thank you so much for making this show part of your daily routine. Love you for that. Hop onto the YouTube page, get into the comment section. My favorite thing that people are doing, I love this, listening to the audio side, then watching the video as they make comments. It's a great place, great way to do that. I, I mean, helps me out. Love it. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm John Corrales. I used to play ball once upon a time. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. Today, okay, special show today. I'm actually recording this on Saturday. Normally I record the Monday show Sunday night. So I'm going to talk about the first summer league game. The Celtics play again on Sunday night. So normally what I would have done is done a, a show after that game talking about that as well. I'm not recording a show on Sunday because I'm getting married on Sunday. So I am not recording a show. Uh, so yet pause for applause. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so I'm recording the show on Saturday. This is the Monday show I'm recording it on Saturday. So if anything significant pops up on, on Sunday. I'll talk about it in the Tuesday show. Uh, so just so you know why I didn't talk about whatever JD Davison did in the second summer league game. This is why. So that'll come up tomorrow's podcast. So thank you so much for understanding that, uh, I'm doing this show uh, a little bit early for you. So let's just dive into, cause I've got, um, this is a mailbag podcast. Uh, and this podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com promo code locked on. Today's show is a mailbag show. Later on, fake trades. We'll talk about life after Marcus Smart. Uh, we'll get pretty quickly into the Grant Grant Williams uh, aftermath. But uh, let me just start with a quick a quick note on summer league. Game one happened. The Celtics. They lost to Miami. Uh, that doesn't matter the win or the loss necessarily. Um, other than you, you want to see some level of execution, especially from JD Davison, who you know, had a nice little run towards the end of that game. But more, I'm just looking for individual stuff. What are we seeing? I thought. Let me just start with Davison. I think struggled in the half court. And half court offense is tough in summer league. Got to got to take this with a grain of salt. But I thought he did play. A little too out of control. Uh, I thought he was playing too fast in in the half court. Wasn't controlling the game in the half court like he should. So not not going to go too crazy about it because it's the first summer league game. He, he's not used to these teammates. They've had a few practices. Uh, not enough time to build up any timing or chemistry, any of that stuff. Uh, but still, he has to play under more control. 
that's that's the number one thing. In the half court, he has to play under more control. When he was out into transition, he was great. Uh, he had uh, a, a really nice game, 14 points, 11 assists uh, in that one. Uh, he it, And he pushed the pace. Now, in summer league, it's very important. If you push the pace, you can really uh, make it – you can really pile up the assists because transition defense is just naturally going to be terrible in summer league. Again, guys haven't played with one another. It's just a mess all around the basketball. The quality of basketball is generally very ugly. So that's, you know, if you run, you'll pile up some assists. You have the potential to anyway, but that's how he's going to have to play. So I, I'm glad that he got out and ran and did that. I want to see more control from Davison. Uh, as a point guard, Jordan Walsh, I thought was really uh, impressive in his first summer league game. He hit his first four three pointers was four of six uh, on the in afternoon, evening, whatever in the, in the game. So that was uh, a nice surprise. I've said on this podcast that the thing I want to see more than anything is him shooting with confidence, and he shot with confidence. If you remember, if you're an everyday listener. You heard me say last week, I don't care if he, he, he hits like if he misses everything, I, I want to see him taking a bunch of shots. I want him to feel like he can shoot. And he said after the game, not only are they encouraging me to shoot, they're forcing me to shoot. So it's, it's kind of an immersion therapy. You, you're just going to get this jumper down by taking a million of them. So that, that was nice to see that nice to see that shot fall. Nice to see him take the shots with confidence. I think on ball, he was a pretty good defender. Off ball, some some issues to be expected in this situation. I'm not going to overreact to any of this stuff. But pretty nice defense on ball. Off ball, some mix-ups on the switches. But some of the instinct, instinctive things that I saw was really good. There's one particular play. Uh, it was late in the game. I forget who was driving uh, from the left side down the middle. And you just saw Davison kind of sliding down the right side on uh, at the three-point line, just kind of constantly in the line of sight of the guy who was driving and giving his teammate an option to kick out for three. And he didn't stand in one spot. He didn't wait. He read everything well, and he, he it's a nice kind of feel for the game type of thing there. That little thing, which meant nothing, you, you couldn't even find it if you looked for it, is – one of those instinctive things that you say that tells me more than his hitting jump shots, right? Just knowing where to be tells me more than the result of the ball going in. So I liked what I saw in game one of, of summer league for him. Uh, I thought um, good start, good start. That's it. We'll see where it goes from there. Um, Jay scrub is uh he, he had a nice game there. He had a, a, a nine-point stretch during a Celtics 12-0 uh, run. He was able to score in a bunch of different ways. He's a guy that, that was playing for uh, Orlando on a two-way contract. Maybe he can get a two-way contract. Maybe he'll get a little bit more. But um, his the variety with which he was able to score uh, was, was nice. And so well, let's see what, if he can keep it up. Uh, maybe he can uh, get a two-way contract. He can latch on with Boston. Something to watch for. Uh, other than that, Delano Banton didn't play. He hurt his finger. He might play on Sunday. If he does, I'll talk about it again on tomorrow's podcast. But that's my initial thoughts on Summer League. Just nice to see 
Jordan Walsh, uh, good start for him. J.D. Davison has stuff he needs to work on. Not a big deal. And we'll go from there. Let's jump into the mailbag quickly here before I take my first break. Uh, Todd asks, uh, didn't see an explanation why the Celtics were receiving just 50% of the TPE 6.2 million instead of the full 12.4 million Grant Williams got in the sign and trade must be something in the new CBA not mentioned. Can you explain? Yes, I can't explain. It's not something in the new CBA. It's actually a remnant of the old CBA and it's by virtue of signing such a big extension off of his rookie contract and then being signed and traded, he became a base year compensation player. And what that means is for the team trading for him, his salary counted as what the new number is. But for Boston, the salary counted for half that. So it makes it difficult to match Tr uh, match match salaries in a trade. This is kind of why th three uh, teams are generally necessary for trades like this. But even if the Celtics got a player back, um, they would have they would only be able to match six point two. The matching number for the Celtics is six point two million versus the twelve point four. Uh, Dallas was matching twelve point four. Excuse me. So that's. Part of why, uh, that, that is why that, that number is what it is. He's a base year compensation player, and that gets, uh, it, it makes it makes trades for uh, guys that are coming off of rookie deals very, very difficult. And, you know, the Celtics will pull it off, but obviously you can see why Dallas had to maneuver to, to make that deal happen and involve a third team because they couldn't just match $6.2 million. Uh, we'll get more into Grant Williams, plus we'll get into a Malcolm Brogdon injury and the Marcus Smart, uh, life after Marcus Smart. We'll do that next. First, today's show brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks, daily fantasy, made easy, done right. A lot of people love prize. People will come up to me and tell me how much they love prize picks because it's not you playing daily fantasy against experts or people with algorithms or people who try to make a living out of it. You're just trying to have some fun, right? Prize picks. You pick two to six players, just you against the projections. Prize picks sets the projections and you pick more or less. And if you win, you can get up to 25 times your money on any entry. And this is basically any sport that you watch. Seriously. You mean you can watch uh, if you can find disc golf on TV, congratulations. Yeah, you can find disc golf on prize picks, any sport that you watch. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, so it's super easy. Safe and fast withdrawals once you win. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download that prize picks app. Go to prizepicks.com, sign up, and play daily fantasy sports. If you're a first time user, get that promo code locked on. Redeem that promo code. You can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Enter promo code locked on, deposit up to $100. Price picks matches that number exactly. So the promo code locked on on the Price Picks app or prizepicks.com. Thanks again for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Uh, again, I'm recording the show on Saturday. So please be aware if something happens on Sunday, I will be talking about it on the
the Tuesday show, tomorrow's show. So please stick with me. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts uh, this way. You don't miss a thing. I don't miss a thing. And we all have a good old, a good old time. Let's continue the mailbag questions and continue talking about Grant Williams. Uh, Ed says, if a $40 million hit was going to be trigger the second apron in the CBA, what amount would be low enough to not trigger the apron, but still be high enough to get a good grant replacement? Okay, so let's let's work on this. And he also asks, if a grant replacement comes in a trade, how likely do you think it would be for Brad Stevens to package a bunch of second round picks to stockpile uh, to close the deal? So the number uh, to replace Grant Williams, at this, there, there's no number to replace Grant Williams. The Celtics uh, are unable to pay someone uh, an amount of money that replaces Grant Williams. Um, and it's, it's about the way the second apron works. There's a combination. So the second apron is a line where it restricts what teams are able to do in conjunction with that, the tax bill gets super high. And so that's why you hear the $40 million of Grant Williams was signed his salary plus the tax. It's a $40 million hit for, for him. What's palatable. Uh, it, it's not that the number necessarily wasn't palatable. It's that they didn't want to trigger that second apron and they certainly didn't want to spend the money on a guy that Joe Missoula was iffy on playing. So it's not necessarily, oh, the $40 million is too much for us to pay. It's $40 million is too much to pay for a guy that maybe he'll play, maybe he won't. Um, and I think it's important to know, once, once Grant Williams got traded, the Grant Williams replacement is actually going to be schematic. It's not going to be a player. I honestly think the, the, the loss of Grant Williams and Marcus Smart by taking back basically those two players for Przingis. Let's let's consider it one massive trade, right? Where the Celtics sent out uh Marcus Smart, Grant Williams, uh they sent out Danilo Gallinari, and they sent out um one other guy that I'm just completely drawing a blank on his name. I am unbelievable. I can't believe it. I'm sorry that I drew a blank on his name. Uh, it's, it's, wow. I can't believe it. It doesn't matter is what, is what. <laughs> uh, anyway, wow. It's amazing to, to hear the grind, the, the gears grinding in my, in my, my brain, just hear them completely stop and say, Hey, John, why can't you talk? Uh, and I can't even find it on, on basketball reference to bail myself out because he's not on, he's not on the page. Why wouldn't he be on the page? That's Mike Muscala. There he is. Wow. And I'm not even editing this part, this part out. I'm letting people hear the train wreck in my brain. I hope you're laughing at me right now. So let me reset myself. The Celtics gave up smart Grant Williams, Mike Muscala, 
Danilo Gallinari. Uh, they got back two first round picks, uh, two second round picks and a second round pick swap and Kristaps Porzingis. Okay. So two guys who didn't play basically smart and grant. Okay. Smart and grant plus all those picks and Porzingis. You can say, all right, that's a fair deal. That's okay. Fine. I, I'll buy that. But that changes, I think, materially how the Celtics play. And maybe they're not done, and we'll get more into that in, in upcoming questions. Maybe the Celtics aren't done, but it does change a lot of the versatility. Smart and Grant Williams are two of the most versatile players on the team. They could guard multiple positions. They can guard a guard again across four, five positions even. I mean, Grant switched on to point guards before. So he's he's been asked to guard one through five. Smart's been asked to guard one through five. They are versatile. They they play in small lineups, they play in big lineups. So without them, a lot of the stuff we talked about it last week. The switching, the versatility, all of that stuff, that's out the window. What What's the Grant Williams replacement? The Grant Williams replacement is Joe Missoula and coaching staff coming up with a plan to better use the talent that's here and play a different style of basketball that's more traditional defensively, that's not going to switch nearly as much, that's going to basically try to run teams off the three-point line, chase over the top of pick and rolls, just funnel players into either mid-range jumpers or trying to attack the rim and just get stuffed at the rim because Porzingis is there, Robert Williams is there, Al Horford is there. That's basically going to be it. Uh, it's, it's, it is going to be more of a Milwaukee Bucks type of, of defense, very traditional, but hopefully elite traditional defense, not a ton of switching. Like we're used to seeing it's going to change offensively. I would think it's going to change because you can go with a little more Porzingis. You can go a little bit more post, a little bit, a little bit different. You can kind of run things through him, hopefully on the post and see how that goes. There's, there's a lot there, but it's not, you're not going to find a player. You're just not going to find a player that's going to replace what we're, we're seeing here. It's going to be a schematic thing. Andre uh, asks, I'm a fan of smart and based on the eye test, I thought he ran the offense quite well, but is there a possibility his removal helps the offense? I was watching a breakdown and was surprised to find out that smart ranked 186 out of 192 in transition offense with the eighth worst transition turnover percentage and eighth worst pick and roll turnover percentage with a minimum of hundred percent possessions. Um, it's it's look. I, I think the offense actually ran better when Smart was your traditional point guard. The beginning of the season, the first half of the season, when he was mainly that, the Celtics offense was humming. It was great. Smart running with the ball going through Tatum and all that stuff. I've said on the podcast before, if they're if they're just not going to use him as a traditional point guard, then you might as well move him, and they did. So I, is it possible that his removal helps the offense? Yes, it's possible because they're not, if they're not using him the way he's supposed to be used, then, then you're using him the wrong way. And if you're using him the wrong way, you might as well just get rid of him and plug somebody in that can play that role the right way, which is Derek White. If you're going to play Jason Tatum as your 
de facto point guard, if he's going to be bringing the ball up and initiating the offense as much as he has over the past couple of seasons, especially in the playoffs, then no, Marcus Smart isn't your best option. Derek White's probably your best option because he can spot up in the corner. He's a better shooter. And when he catches the ball on the move, you know, when he catches the ball out off a driving kick, he can hit the shot. He can put the ball on the floor. So, yeah, there is a possibility that the offense can be better without Marcus Smart. It just – my whole thing is I don't like the way that offense looks. I didn't like the way it looked with Tatum running the ball. I prefer to have Marcus Smart as the point guard. And those guys, the other guys playing – off of that. So that's why I, uh, I've been kind of down on losing smart, but I get it. I understand. So yes, the answer, the simple answer, answer, Andre is yeah, it's possible that the offense benefits. The, one of the things with this, the Celtics team is so much is theoretical right now. There's so much is theoretical. It could, it could work better. It could be worse. I don't know. It, a lot of it depends on how much Kristaps Porzingis uh, is is what we saw last year in Washington, and how much of that is what we saw in Dallas. So that's that's going to be the the question: how much of of what Porzingis is doing or or did this past season is him hitting his stride and being in his prime, and how much of it, if any of it, was hey, I'm I have a contract potentially due. Um, I'm looking for a better situation, whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to really play well and put some extra effort into it. That that's what that that's the kind of where, where this whole thing hinges. And so could it all be better without smart? Sure. Sure. Could be worse. Don't know. Uh, we'll get into Malcolm Brogdon's injury plus fake trades, fake trades. Oh man. People are bombarding me with fake trades. I want to thank everybody for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Uh, head on over to Lockdown NBA. I host on Wednesdays with Jake Madison. We've got you covered everywhere this week. Uh, a lot of the guys are at Summer League, so they're getting up-close views. Uh, we're getting our first looks at at guys like Victor Wimbanyama and Scoot Henderson, and you know he, he had a shoulder injury. Guys – the summer league injuries are the worst. They're the worst. Um, but yeah, locked on NBA. It's got you covered with everything. All right, let's wrap up this mailbag. Let's rip through all of this stuff. Uh, Tom says, I know the focus has been on Malcolm Brogdon's forearm, but I was wondering if you had any insight into Jason Tatum's wrist or thumb injuries. Uh, so I don't have any additional insight. He's been low key about it, but uh, I know that guys want to avoid surgery if they can. Uh, he, he didn't have surgery on it last, last year. He came back in, he said it felt, felt good. And then right away he fell on the thumb. So I don't know if that's going to be something that if it needed surgery, my guess is that he would have gotten the surgery by now. I, he has no reason to delay it. He has no reason to put it off, um, and have it cost him time. If his thumb needed surgery, it's something he probably should have gotten and probably would have gotten in the immediate immediate aftermath. So here on July, you're listening to this on July 10th. Um, by now, if he hasn't had surgery, I would be shocked if he got surgery because it would be it, 
to put it off this long would be dumb. And so I'm going to say, no, there's no, no surgery, but of course that's, that's a guess. I do not have any additional insight. James asks, what do you think Brad Stevens is going to do with all these picks he has acquired? Trades, baby, trades. Some of it's going to be, you know, potential drafts. He's going to use them. Uh, he's going to use a couple of these second round picks to take swings on potential high, you know, high uh, impact, you know, guys but who are flawed. Somebody like Jordan Walsh, who has a special skill like his defense and something his jump shot that scares teams away. So they will use a couple of these second round picks. Maybe you can find a diamond in the rough somewhere. That's that's if the Celtics scouting department is on point, then definitely. But most of these picks are going to be traded second round picks. You can stack a bunch of them up together. Teams love all of a sudden to get a bunch of these. And so that's why the Celtics part of why the Celtics have, have restocked that, second round pick cash for, for, you know, as, as much as they have, it's, they're gearing up for a trade. So why don't we talk about fake trades? People are sending them in, by the way, questions can come in at John, uh, Corrales.com, John Corrales.com slash mailbag, John Corrales.com slash mailbag. That's where you can get your questions in, uh, Pat G says, uh, I was throwing the air uh, around the idea of disgruntled superstars. Um, makes sense on paper. Luca, uh, any thoughts on Gary Washburn throwing around? I'd look up north and his thoughts on Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi. Looking at the money, Ananobi makes more sense. So my feeling is that Siakam is more likely to move. Ananobi is less likely to move. Um, I think like Siakam is really good. He makes so much money that I'm struggling to believe the Celtics are going to look to him to pair him specifically with Jason Tatum. I don't think that's the right fit. Um, Siakam for sure is, is going to be, to be in demand. The Celtics could probably make a move. I just don't know that him along with Tatum is going to do much uh, to help the Celtics, especially if they keep Jalen Brown. Siakam, Siakam, Brown, Tatum. There's a lot of overlap there. There's a lot of overlap there. I don't think that's, I don't think that's the right direction. Uh, a disgruntled guy like Luca, if he were to actually be disgruntled, sure. Now you got a ball handler that you can pair with Tatum and or Brown, basically him and Tatum. I would assume Brown is going to be in the mix to get somebody like Luca. Giannis, Giannis is, is different enough where that would work. Should he want out of Milwaukee at some point? So but I'm not, I'm looking more in those directions. Your ball handlers, your, your kind of more bigs. I know Giannis is more of a wing, but he's a big wing. So I kind of, I just don't see Siakam working here. Elijah part a, if Peyton Pritchard is looking for a bigger role, where would you feel he fits the most part B 
How would you feel about trading for one of the guards from Orlando, like Fultz or Suggs? So part A, if he's looking for a bigger role, first of all, he's going to get a bigger role in Boston right now. So he should probably, I think, be happy to be in Boston because he's going to get some third guard minutes. I think he's going to play a little bit more frequently. And uh, that that's going to be the role. I think that's going to be the role he gets wherever he goes. He's just, I don't think he's going to be a backup point guard. He's definitely not starter quality in the NBA. He's deep bench. I, I just don't see him becoming more than a eighth man, seventh man at absolute best, best case scenario. That's where I see his ceiling. I just don't see it going any, any higher than that. Um, but I could be wrong. I've been wrong before about these guys. I'm wrong. Plenty. Uh, I just, I just don't see him becoming like a Fred Van Vliet or somebody like that. As far as trading for Fultz or Suggs, I mean, they have to be available first. I don't think they're available. Fultz would be an interesting fit. Uh, it'd be kind of a full circle almost to get Markel Fultz. But, I mean, if Orlando was trading one of them, I, honestly, I've completely lost my sense of what a player is worth anymore. I don't know what Orlando is trying to accomplish, and I just don't know where where they value these guys. Some Some teams are cutting costs, and they're giving away players. Boston gave away Grant Williams. Uh, Atlanta gave away John Collins. There are guys who are just being given away. And then there are guys who are getting a, a decent return. So I don't know what Orlando would be looking for for those guys. But, I, 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 but you know, Markel Fultz as a backup, I, I wouldn't mind that. Greg says, am I crazy to suggest the Celtics take a swing at Lowry Markin slash Jordan Clarkson from the jazz in return for Brogdon and a bunch of picks. Well, Greg, a little bit, a little bit. They're not, they're not going to give up marketing in any way. So it would be Clarkson. And it, I, I just don't like Clarkson could be a, a nice fit off the bench. And if the Celtics are leaning into the offense, then yeah, if, the, if they can turn, but see, if you lose Brogdon and you bring in Clarkson, that's not a ball handler. It's not a distributor, a distributor at all. That's a that's a straight scorer. So I I don't like that deal unless somewhere along the way there's another ball handler that that comes in because now your your ball handling is Derek White, Peyton Pritchard. Peyton Pritchard's your backup and. There's the one thing that I, I do like about Brogdon in this lineup is he's got some size to him. He's got some, some, you know, heft to him so he can go out there and play some of the, the, the tougher guards. Um, I, I don't know how well he's going to hold up, but he might hold up better than, than white. Who's not just not as strong. He's that's the weak. That's his weakness. He's not as strong. And Payne Pritchard's just not very playable in the playoffs because of his size. It's, it's very difficult to, to put Pritchard on the floor 
in a playoff series. So I don't like that. You got to, you got to think about the whole distribution of talent here. And that's, I go back to the Marcus smart trade. One of the, one of the things I loved about smart is just his versatility there defensively and you know, his ability to handle the ball. So the Celtics, you have to be careful about giving up a ball handler in this situation. The, the ball handling distribution point guard, it's kind of at a premium right now for the Celtics. They, they, they've got, they gave up their best ball handler. They gave up their best passer. They can't afford to give up another guy without adding some kind of replacement in return. And Clarkson, as much as he'd be, you know, great, I think, uh, off the bench for the Celtics, it, it doesn't, it, it takes away a lot with their ball handling and that, that could be very costly down the road. All right, that's the mailbag episode. Thank you so much. Again, one last time, recording this on Saturday. The uh, Sunday, I'm I'm married, so uh, next time you see me on this podcast, I will be sporting a wedding ring, and that's, uh, you know, I'm excited about that. But uh, Sunday, uh, no podcast. My next podcast, I'll be recording that on Monday. So I'll talk about the Celtics' second summer league game uh, in the Tuesday podcast, anything somewhat significant that happens, uh, unless it's absolutely insane, crazy, 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 crazy. And even my wife says, Oh my God, you got to do a podcast about this. Then, uh, then I will, I guess, but, uh, it better not happen too late in the day. Cause I don't know how coherent I'd be so better off if I hold off until Tuesday. So please subscribe, get your podcast, uh, open up your favorite podcasting app and, Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you're an everydayer, thank you so, so much for being here with me every Monday through Friday. I'd love it if you shared the podcast and spread the word. Tell your friends, tell everybody around that when they need Celtics coverage on a Monday through Friday basis, that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day.